Welcome to a special edition of Vanessa, fix my credit. I got you, girl. <laughs> Wait a minute. Somebody can fix my credit? Absolutely. Because there's hope for you, because there's hope for you. Oh, let's hear it is. So, Vanessa, thank you so much for coming back on to talk to us about building credit. I think that's really something important that our community needs to hear. You are the consultant of Credibility Services. Can you give us a little bit more about your background in the business? Okay, so I've been in banking for 31 years. Yes, I started when I was 10. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I learned, it's, it's just like you said, we, our culture, the Black community, we don't even think about credit. We think about having cash, paying our bills, keeping it moving. We don't realize credit is key till we want to buy that car, get that house or finance something big. And we get upset because Jimmy, our white friend got 1%, but they're hitting us with 10. That's because they know we only want that item and we're not smart enough to know with good credit, we could have the same thing as the guy next door to us. Um, after seeing like a couple of my friends go through that and myself, because you got to mm-hmm. learn by trial and error, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out why is my why is my interest rate so high? And that girl sitting next to me got like a four percent. First right. lesson of credit. I leased the car. So I started doing my homework, asking around. Um, felt like a lot of these companies out here that say, give me a thousand dollars and then it'll be five hundred dollars every month, and we're gonna take it from you know your accounts, they're really stealing from you. I learned in banking there's so many easy ways to remove credit, but we don't have the time, and that is why somebody else is doing it for you. I was doing it so much for so many people for free. I had a friend approach me and say, why don't you, you know, get involved with my business? I'm Mm -hmm. doing different sides of the credit industry. Can you help me raise their score? Hence, Credibility Services was born. I help on the credit side. I have two partners that actually do um, housing seminars, business consulting, how to protect your, your credit and your liability, which is yourself from anyone just trying to sue you, trying to get over on you. So there's a array of services that comes with this business. I'm the credit side. I'm the first step to how can I get this? And I actually negotiate what's better for me. So let's just jump right into it. When it comes to credit, what are some of the hugest, biggest mistakes that you see that people do when they're trying to, to build up their credit. We never check our credit every year and you get it free. Once a year, you mm-hmm. can get your credit free off of freeannualcreditreport.com. The government allows that. Mm-hmm. It's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. The other way you can get your credit free is you go into the store. They're telling you to get that old Navy card. You get denied. You can actually order your credit for free because you've been denied. And we never do that. And that's how people can get your identity, how things are bought in your name and you don't know, how false medical bills are on your credit report. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. If you're somebody who doesn't check it, you're the perfect victim for an identity theft. So Vanessa, there's three different uh, credit bureaus, right? Uh-huh. What are the difference? Honestly, um, there isn't any difference, but I will tell you the biggest one that was just on the news, mm-hmm. Equifax. is the one everybody uses. If you missed it, Equifax was in the practice of lowering people's credit scores by 20 to 25 points and allied 
Alley Bank and Wells Fargo and Bank of America took full advantage of it. So now they're about to be sued. They're all the same, but there's certain um, criteria. Like I know um, where I used to work, which was Fifth Third Bank, they use um, experience. There's other um, banks that use TransUnion. The biggest one is, like I said, Equifax. But when you're buying a house, they combine all three and they use the highest score to come out with the median score. That was my next question. Okay, so you have three different credit bureaus and uh, they use the highest score. So they also have a FICO score, right? Am I correct? Yeah, the FICO score is what the bank uses. And that ranges from 750 to 800. If you really want to get a good rate with a bank, you want to be in the high sevens. Anything Mm -hmm. under a seven, they're really playing with, I know he or she don't realize what interest rate they really should get, but because they're not paying attention to the credit, this is the one we're going to give them. Mm-hmm. Hence how banks make money. So they're not FICO and credit and the credit score was the same thing. And I'm yeah. thinking that is my credit score. So you're saying that FICO was a totally different entity. FICO is your credit score as far as like when you're buying things, but it is a different entity. Cause if you look at your different scores, so everybody goes on credit card, one is high, one is low. Why right. isn't the credit the same? That's where FICO score comes into play. So your FICO score is going to be higher if you go on, say you have Bank of America app, you have state employees app, you have Chase app. Look at your apps and then you can see why are all three different. Your credit score is something that nobody, no one's credit score matches all three unless you have perfect credit, you have never owed anyone, you pay Mm -hmm. all your medical bills and you scrub that thing every day of every month. That is the only way you will see all three be the same. In order to really get good credit, we do have to scrub all three. And hence why I said to you in the beginning, freeannualcreditreport.com. You'll probably hear me say that throughout this segment more than once. It is free. So they how come when you, all when you go to purchase a house, they charge you for a credit score? Because I know when I bought my house, I saw the bill for the credit score. They shouldn't have charged you for the credit score. It's free. You need to call them and ask them why that happened because you had already taken a hard hit when you're credit was pulled for the application to start. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for you to be charged for your score. Okay. I mean, that's some good information because I'm in the process of of an applying for a house loan right now. And that's something I'm going to look for. I'm actually learning as I'm going. It's a lot to, Mm -hmm. and it's very challenging. Vanessa, we had one of our audience members, Tony, who wrote in and he wanted to ask if bankruptcy meant that becoming a homeowner for him is a wrap. Absolutely not. Um, an example, I had a medical issue, not afraid to say it, I had breast cancer. Found out the hard way, COBRA does not pay anything. $125,000 later, and the wow. only thing that got paid was a $22 COBRA I paid. I stressed out every day and every night and was done. I finally got with an attorney and found out you can file medical bankruptcy. It does not go against you because you cannot be held accountable for medical bills. Mm-hmm. Why? Most hospitals and doctors do not wait for your insurance to pay the bill. Right. And jump the gun and charge you with something that they've already been paid for, but we just didn't remove it from our credit report because we didn't realize it. I filed and bought 
two houses within six months. So how do you file medical bankruptcy? I know, is there a chapter seven and a chapter 13? Is there? Uh, when you get with the attorney, I think he filed it under the umbrella of seven. Okay. It fell off like within five years. It never really showed up as a ding. It showed up as a judge, you know, judgment. And it was there was a record on my credit report. But anything I apply for or anything I want to get because of whatever umbrella my attorney and I don't know that part of it. He put it under the seven. The next thing they ask you is, can I have an explanation of your bankruptcy? And that's when I say medical, mm -hmm. whereas the regular seven and eleven you already know it's business or it's personal. Mm -hmm. This umbrella under seven can be utilized for anything. Okay. So when I file bankruptcy, you say that it stays on my credit report for what, five years? Which one did you file, seven or 11? Let's say, let's say I file seven. That's seven years. Seven years. Is there any way that I can get it off before seven years? No. No, not at all. Not at all, because if if one is because if you filed it, um, what everybody's big mistake is they'll find somebody who will get that stuff taken off and it might disappear for 30 or 60 days. And you're going to be happy because your score is so high and this person did a great job. And then when you go to get the actual thing that you want, your real score pops back up and it's mm. all back on there. Mm. A lot of people do the quick fixes. And then you get all excited and you put yourself right back in the same spot. So you went from a seven to a five for what? A credit card? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of the quick fixes, okay. How do they do that? Um, they actually just go on and they'll write letters to all three credit bureaus while with all the medical bills on there and they hit them all at the same time. Once they hit them all at the same time, your credit bureau has 30 days to update your report. Yeah. Nine out of 10 chances, if that medical company does not dispute that within the 30 days, they all three simultaneously will remove all of these things. The problem that happens is once that medical bill realizes what happened, they now will put it back on your credit report. And if you look at the last four digits, the account number changes because they cannot put the same account number back on your reports. So when they write them, are they disputing them or are you, what's going on? They're, they're just removing them like a like a Band-Aid that just fell off. And now your mom put it back on, on your cut. Okay. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's, it's cute for a temporary fix. But in the mm -hmm. long run, are you really fixing your credit just to buy that house? Get that home equity line. Get that bolt loan. You know, maybe look for the next property. Is it for a short-term fix? or long-term fix. No. I'm in the business of long-term fixes. I do have a partner who will do the quick fixes for people, but at the end of the day, you're signing a disclaimer that says, this is what you're accepting, this is what you want. Right. In the long end of it, I give you homework to do. So if I'm working with somebody on the long-term of things, we have to be on the same page because I can only fix the credit as far as you listen to me. Right. And I say, listen to me. It's like you get like Sharon will say she just bought a house. She's going to start getting hit up with all kinds of different credit cards and loans yeah. And yeah. Pick with me, pick with me because they already know her credit worthiness. Yeah. I'm going to start working on your credit. And then within 30 days, you're going to start getting you're pre-approved. Get yeah. this interest rate. Get this. And most of the people who want the quick fixes jump on that mess. And don't realize a credit card is not what you want at the end of the day. You want a house. 
Yeah. You want investment. So that's where I come in on the long term. If I'm telling you, no matter what people send you, rip it up, rip it up. If you don't rip it up. I've been ripping, blocking everything. Rip rip it all the way up. Because if you don't rip it up, what you're doing, it defeats anything I'm I'm working with you on. Mm -hmm. And it also defeats the end goal that we both want to have. Now, remember, I'm not saying you can't have no credit cards. Because you should have two credit cards, MasterCard, Visa. What are you using them for? You're going to use them for hotel rentals, rental cars, um, websites that you might not be comfortable putting your debit card on and gas, and it's going to build your credit. You don't want to go over 35% of your credit balance. So whatever your line is, if you hit that 50% mark, they're already looking at you as somebody who is credit heavy. So is the 35% for someone to rebuild in their credit? 35% under is for anybody rebuilding their credit or establishing credit. It shows that you're responsible in getting this credit card and utilizing it. And not only do you have this capital from the bank, but you also have your cash capital so you can pay it. It's a win-win. I would say two years ago, I was in debt on one credit card, $21,000. Girl, I paid off that credit card in 14 months and I was able to buy my house saved penny pinched. I didn't party. I didn't go out, but it can, if I can get rid of that debt in 14 months, anyone else could do it. But here's the thing. It was discipline. It was determination. You know, you had an end game Mm -hmm. and everybody has to um, hear that story and hear that story loud and clear. It's possible. Yeah. You know, I saved up my tax returns for five years. Mm-hmm. And my motto, and everybody laughed at me because they were like, you're not getting your hair done. You're not buying. It. No, it took me a year to get this money back from Uncle Sam. I am not giving it away in a week. Yeah. Exactly. So I saved it for five years to buy the two properties that I bought and invested in down here. Yeah. So Vanessa, do you have time for just a, one more question from Gina? Gina wants to know if she has an account in collections, should she pay it off? Or should she go back to the original lender? She should actually ask them, where's the original contract? Okay, we run into this a lot. This is called the, the collections game. You call that collections um, rep. Ask them to send you the original contract with your signature when you filed for this and what was your limit at the time. Mm-hmm. You also want a history of all your payments or payments that you have missed, but it needs to be from the beginning. They have 30 days to provide you with this. If they do not provide you with this information that you have requested and you wrote it, written request only, you let all three credit bureaus know, it is deleted permanently from your report and nobody can ever put it back under that entity. So let's say MRI company was the one doing this to Gina. Mm -hmm. Gina disputes this and she waits her 30 days patiently, okay? They never send it. Once she lets all three credit bureaus know, MRI company can no longer put anything on her credit report because they have been proven 
to not put the correct information on said Gina's um, credit report. Are you familiar with charge-offs? Charge-offs are the worst. You can fight with the charge-offs. Why you can um, I had a charge-off, a medical charge-off. Mm -hmm. If you're working with a hospital and you're paying them the $5 a week because you're mad as hell that the bill is so high, as long as you're getting that $5 a week, they cannot do any charge-offs. If people look at these charge-offs, it's usually the ones where you made a payment arrangement, but they got upset because you weren't giving them what they wanted. Yeah, but you were following the terms before. and they cannot do that. You can dispute it. Absolutely. Show the credit bureau your proof of payment and it is gone. I was late by one day. I don't know what happened if I didn't get the invoice in time. I didn't get the bill in time and I had an arrangement and I said, listen, I get paid on Friday. I know the due date is Thursday. And then next thing I know, I call to make the payment and they tell me I can't do it because I'm a day late. So the account ended up getting charged off. And on top of that, once it got charged off, I don't know if it stays for like seven years or whatever amount it's on your account. If you don't pay, I might be mixing up the terms. But when it's, when something was charged off on my account, I had to claim it on my taxes as I think it was kind of some type of income. And my taxes was, it was screwed up for like three years. And I ended up just having to just, it's, it's horrible. If you can avoid a charge off, please. <laughs> you don't want to have a charge off. So let, let's touch back on, on the $5 a week, just so I'm clear. Okay. So I have a creditor and I owe them money. I owe the hospital 500 bucks. Okay. Right. I could pay them 500. I could pay them $5 a week to prevent them from putting that on my credit report. Is that what Absolutely. you're saying? Oh Absolutely. I wish I would have known this before. Because oh, they're, receiving, they're, receiving, they're receiving a payment. They okay. don't tell you this stuff, though. No, and then you got to be smart about it. Yeah. Um, I tell people, don't be doing the payments online because it is so new school. I send money orders or personal checks. Absolutely. That That is your receipt that you paid it. Who the heck's right. going to remember what account on what day they paid right. that when you could easily get the copies of these things before you even mail them out. You know, I always go paper trail is everything. Wow. Now, is it in I, I heard people say you have a lot of medical bills on your credit report. A lot of people tell me, don't worry about paying those off. Yeah, I hear that all the time, too. They say don't pay it off. Don't worry about those. Yeah. Don't worry because you're always going to have medical bills. No, you worry about them because the medical bills usually go on there. Like I said, um, you owe the hospital. They know the process. They'll say, you may owe this. Mm -hmm. And so we'll pay that $50. But they get so impatient because the insurance company wants to make sure they gave you that Tylenol that they charge you $30 for. You really had to use that towel that was $125 because everything they nickel and dime us for Remember, somebody else is paying that in the background. Hospitals get impatient. So yeah. they decide, hey, Ray, don't want to pay it. I'm going to put it on his credit report. I'm going to make him pay. Because they know once they impact that part of your life, it does put a fire under your butt. And then you start making the phone calls that you should have made when you got that, this is your bill bill. Yeah. A lot of people look at it and go, that ain't my bill. The insurance company's going to pay it. No, no, the insurance company will pay it. But because they have it, the hospital's going after you to get it. You can go to the hospital and negotiate. It's all a business. 
Yeah. Even though it's a health industry, it's a business. Yeah. And it's like I said earlier, you just, you know, you just co-sign. As long as you're paying them something, Mm -hmm. they can't say you haven't paid them. It's better than nothing. Yeah. And you got a lot of these collections agencies, they call you, they get nasty. And yeah, I can remember they used to harass my mom all the time. And I used to tell her, I said, mom, just tell them this. Say, oh, I didn't know I didn't have this bill. Oh, can you just send it to me in the mail? And simply tell them this. Hey, I do not want to talk about this on this line no more. Just send it to me in the mail. And please do not call me about this matter anymore. And they can't legally, they can't call you anymore about that. Absolutely. And by law, they've been changing a lot of laws because of those tactics. They do it a lot more on like the elderly and um, our most vulnerable um, citizens Mm -hmm. because they get scared. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, here's my credit card. Once you give them your credit card information, you can forget about it. Because once you if once you pay that bill, it's not going to fall off your credit. No, and they actually can sell your information to somebody else. Yes, right. over and so over they and make money. They make money off of your bills, and you don't even realize you may have already paid that bill, and you could have paid it four times, right. but the last four digits of that number would change, but the bill amount stayed the same. Yeah. Who has the same bill amount from a hospital six times? So what is the process? Okay, I have something on my credit report. Can I dispute it? When You you can dispute anything on your credit report as long as it's something that you did not do. You You don't want to dispute things that you know you're actually responsible for because the best way to get those off is you call that person because their number's always on there. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? This is my bill. I I don't know what happened. Can we negotiate something so I can get this situated and my credit fixed? And nine out of 10 chances, they will work with you because they would rather get their money back Mm -hmm. than have to pay and outsource it, lose a lot of money for another entity to make more money off of them. When really all they want is you to pay the bill that you agreed to pay. Right. All right. So can we come? Okay. We have an agreement and say, okay, I'll, I'll pay this bill, but can we make it where you can just take this off my credit report? Like it never appeared. Is there any way we can do that? No, they will not do that because you have to make the payment though. Well, you know what? Actually, let me take that back. Yes. So if you owe somebody, let's say $1,200, Ray, if you could pay me $325 right now, I will satisfy your debt. Once you get that debt satisfaction email, you send it to the credit bureaus and they can erase it. But that's you negotiating and having to pay that lump sum at one time. So you can remove it. And that's why you make people sign disclaimers for them quick fixes. A, this is your responsibility. You already know this is what's going to happen. It's only going to look like this for this long. Mm -hmm. This is what you agree to. You're okay with it. Sign, date. It's yours. In some cases, you want to get that kind of stuff notarized so it doesn't come back to bite you in the butt. A true person who wants to fix your credit, is serious about their credit, Mm -hmm. and wants to keep their credit that way will do the long term because you didn't get this bad credit overnight. Why do you think it's going to get fixed overnight? So it's kind of like a common sense thing. If I didn't do this overnight, but somebody just fixed it overnight, what did they do that I couldn't do? They put right. the Band-Aid on. Right. So it's a process. Yeah, that PPP thing was a big mess too. Boy, yeah. Oh, buddy, that PPP, let me tell you, in October, you're going to see a lot 
of business owners go down because the PPP, the first payments for all those loans are due in October. That's why I say if you don't have a dog business, if you don't own a hair salon and you never did, but you got all that money, you better give it back. Vanessa, what are some things that people can do they are doing that you've come across that they're trying to build their credit and they're just doing ridiculous things. And you're like, I told you not to do that. You're trying to buy a house. Now you've done this and now your credit is screwed. Okay. So like, okay, when you bought, when you're buying a house, you know, the whole buying process, they tell you, do not apply for anything. Mm-hmm. Do not apply for anything. And they fall for it. They might walk into, um, let's say, Target, because that's everybody's favorite store, Target, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. <laughs> oh, if you open up this Target red card, you're going to get mm-hmm. 15%. But if you open up this Target credit card, you're going to get 20% right now and all this stuff. They go for the credit card. Now, ding, you go to see your lender and they go, Hey, hey, Mr. Customer, why did you apply for this credit card? Mm-hmm. And you know what the lender looks at? Red flag. Right. If you can't be patient enough to buy the biggest investment of your life, why should we even negotiate a good rate for you? Let's give him or her whatever rate we do and let's spin it. You get whatever. Before people get to that point, say they're trying to build their credit. And like you said, some people use credit cards to build their credit or whatever. So what I told my son, I said, don't apply for your own credit card. I actually added him as an authorized user. So do you think in a situation when someone is trying to build their credit and they decide the only way that they can build their credit is to use a credit card, what method is better? Secured card, regular credit card, or authorized um, user, like how I did for my son? Secured card. Because secured card is you tying up your own money. So you're not going to keep that money tied up for long. So you're going to listen to what your your creditor or your banker tells you. So if you want $500 credit limit, remember, you're tying up $500 of your own money. I tell everybody... Don't do a secured card for two and three thousand dollars. Each time you use that money, you just you giving away and spending double of your own cash. A thousand dollars can be sufficient, but if you use the secured card responsibly, you could be out of that secured card within six months, get your money back, and get an unsecured card from the bank that they would automatically upgrade you to without dinging your credit report because it's what you've already established you want to happen so does authorized user help at all depending on the age i'm not gonna lie i did it for my daughters Mm -hmm. um from the age of 16 um to 19 when they started working the problem with authorized user is if you start messing up your credit right you will mess up their credit so if you're gonna authorize you know, your child to be under you because you're building mm-hmm. a credit, just make sure you're paying those credit cards yeah. because that can adversely affect them as well. They're He's attached. Good. Like my daughters, I started at 16. When they turned 21, I removed them as my authorized user mm-hmm. and I had them apply for their own credit card because now they built their own credit worthiness. What are some other things that people can do just to if they do have a goal like me, like to purchase a home, 
what are some other things that they can do, some good habits that they can do to just have immaculate credit? Purge your spending. Purge it. Do you need Starbucks coffee every day or can you make no. coffee? Do you need to eat out every day or can you make your lunch? Right. Do you need to buy that Star magazine or that People magazine or can you look it up online for free? Do you need to have that subscription to DirecTV or Spectrum? Do you need that fancy that fancy iPhone or, or Android? So these are things that I, I say to people. Yeah. It's You have to be really, 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 really determined yeah. if you really want something. Yeah. Um, I got very determined when I got deterred at the house prices in New Jersey. I couldn't afford that best. And I said, you know what? The only way I'm going to be able to afford a house is I have to start saving. Oh, we're not going to McDonald's, but we can have a picnic. Oh, we're not going to the movie theater when that place at the park has a free movie night for families. Mm-hmm. Like you got to think outside the box, all these things that we pay for, they're somewhere for free. Who cares if you have to drive 20 minutes out of your city limits to do it. So, I mean, it's the little things that we don't realize it adds up. It does. Is that something you need or is that something you want? Write what you need and write what you want. And I can guarantee you, you're going to look at that piece of paper and go, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Why do I want that Louis Vuitton pocketbook, but I can't put no money in it. Yeah. You got to say no to those nights out. Yeah. You got to say no to going out for a drink because those drinks can add up. For the people who file bankruptcy, they have a, let's say, a 580 credit score. Can they buy a house? Absolutely not. Um, I'm not going to lie because. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. No. Like anything is possible. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because what happens to them is they start getting thrown into the demographics. And when I say demographics, I mean the hood. Um, do you want a house in the hood just because your credit says you can get there? Or do you want to make that hood your investment property and revitalize it the right way? Because I, I know I'm not going to want to live there. That's not my end game. That wasn't my goal. I want to build mines from the ground up and I want to be the things that I wanted in it. Mm-hmm. That could be my investment to get back to the community and revitalize it. But I'm not settling because I have 580. Most lenders nowadays is 620 to 640. Okay, that's the lowest. But of course, you don't want to be there. Get into the mid sevens, you go. Nobody says you have to have perfect credit. Not even an FHA loan? You can get FHA loan, but it's like I said, demographics. The amount that your loan is approved for will never be in the neighborhood you want to live in. One bank at the first bank I went to, they put me under a conventional, but the second lender I went to, I actually got an FHA. So why your first they... time home buyer. Yeah, first time home buyer. Because you should have been FHA in the first place. They have oh. hundreds of programs for first time home buyers where you may or may not have to put a percentage down. You want to have that in the bank or so, a lower percentage down. Yeah, but no, if you got to put money down, mm-hmm. so. You can get a lower percentage. You can get what prime is at the time you're buying the house. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to FHA, there's thousands of different programs. Okay. So one could be no money down. It doesn't hurt you, but guess what comes attached to it? PMI. Nobody wants PMI, but it sounds so enticing when your broker or your lender says, Girl, you don't got to put no money down and you got yeah. that 40 G's. You got 40 G's sitting in your bank account. 
wanting to put it down for the house, but she's telling me, I don't worry about it. And it's so enticing. Most of us do it the first time because I did. Second time, hell no. We're going to put that 30% down that I got. I want to see what it would be with this. And I want to make sure I don't see no PMI. And I don't. PMI is giving away your money. Yeah. That could go towards your principal. Before I finish, I'm going I'm to tell you one more thing. With PMI, you know what PMI really is for? People don't realize it. No. When you it get stuck, when you get stuck with PMI, it kind of relates to back to Ray saying, "Oh, with a 580 credit score, you can get a house." Yes, you can. But PMI is kind of like insurance on top of your insurance that if you don't keep your payments up. And the bank just feels like mm, she or he's not going to pay it. That's what PMI is for. You got to pay that up to five years before they even reconsider to take it off. Because they always tell you, oh, after five years, we're going to take it off. No, they don't. They reconsider it. And the only way to get it off is to refinance your home. Yeah, you have to refinance. Yeah, you got to refinance. It's, it's a big setup, but we're so excited to get those keys. We ain't seeing the real big picture. I think I do pay a PMI. My credit is like, before I closed on a house, my credit was high, like almost 800. Now it's over 800. So in my situation, I should not have to wait five year, years to refinance, right? You, you give it six months. Because within six months, I can guarantee the area that you live in, you've got equity on your home. I already have equity. Like, there you go, girl. Before I even... I mean got like in the house right? right god <laughs> yeah. is good god is good see all that all that paid off that 14 months paid yeah. off but when you have an fha loan mm-hmm. is that something you want to do long term um nothing's ever long term with an fha loan this is what I, I i say to fha do it as a starter home because you might end up keeping that home and that's your investment property and your renter will pay for it and then eventually you can refinance that home and You'll, you'll make so much money off of it because you'll have your equity. That's up to you. Yeah. But I see FHA first time home. Yeah. It's your little starter home. It's not your forever home. Your forever home is what you're working towards getting after you get that FHA. Because once you get it the first time, they're not going to let you get it again. That's for first time home buyers only. I was going to put my daughter on my D. But what I was told, because, you know, I didn't know this and I found out. So I'm going to share it with others. Mm-hmm. Um, by putting her on my deed before I closed on it, it's like she wouldn't be a first time home buyer. Right. But if I yes. close on my home and then add her to my deed later, right. so God forbid if something happens to me, it's not treated as she owns a home already. Yeah. But if she's part of that signing, she bought a home. You bring up a she- good point because at first I was going to add my son before I close on a house. And luckily my wonderful lenders that I got my loan from said, hold up, sister. I think you want to rethink this. And I think you want to do it after, because if you do it before, if anything happens, your son may be responsible. But after you close it, add him to the deed. If anything happens to you, he's good. So he's I good. waited and, and now mm-hmm. I'm going to add him. Yeah. It's just like your house is deeded to him, just like my house is deeded to her if something happens to me. But if you're doing it at the signage, it's like that is your partner, even though it's your child. But that's how it's looked at because you both got signed those documents. If you have credit cards and you're like, oh, great, you got your house, you're thinking about purchasing a car, and correct me if I'm wrong, V, you have credit cards, you're like, done, I'm just going to close all of my accounts 
you have to be careful about, even in my situation, I have one credit card I've had for 21 years. I would not want to close that account. You would want to leave old cards, leave them open so they can see your credit history. You do not want to ever close your credit cards. Because if you close your credit cards, that affects your credit score yes. by the three points. You should stop using the credit card, leave it at zero, and let the bank or the store close it. It doesn't go against you if they awesome. close it. I, I was going to so, ask you that. Yeah, because you see, during COVID, you know how many people's credit cards were closed? Because nobody right. was shopping for two years. It doesn't affect you. But if you close it, it affects you. I and the reason why is because you asked for that credit. We gave it to you. Mm -hmm. How dare you now say, I don't need you no more. Yeah, And you awesome. want it now closed. Yeah. But if you stop using it, they're going to hit you up. I stopped mm -hmm. using it and then they lowered it. When I went to buy something, they're like, oh, you don't have enough. Then they called and then they added more. What, was that a ding on my credit if they did that or no? They did. They dinged you. And what's your income look like now? So okay. they dinged it. It was, a, it was a soft pull, but it was a pull. So but how when, come I always get, like, I haven't, with my big card that I have a huge a credit limit. They haven't done it in a while, but I have some small cards. Every couple of years, they give me more credit. Why? Because they want you to use their cards because they see that big limit that you have on that card that you've had for 21 years. And they want you to start using their cards like that. They see that and they watch oh, it. Oh, okay. I see. I understand. They're like, if they gave her 25000 mm -hmm. and we only gave her five, let me see if she'll take 10 and start using our card. I see. Yeah. And they'll do it. And sometimes I say, let them do it. Because it helps your debt to income ratio. It sure does. <laughs> Doesn't mean you got to use that 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 limit. It they just did it helps. Just in it time helps. too. <laughs> yep, it helps. People don't realize it helps it your debt to income ratio. Use it once every thirty days. I do. Well, I don't use it. The big one, I sometimes I go a couple of months, but I do even if it's like a dollar, I put it. Yep. On because it has like a cash back, and I'm like, oh, okay, let me use my cash back. So yeah, absolutely. The huge one, I even have that on like what I think can help people is like they can put it on a bill that's like an auto pay. That's not that much. Like if utility bill is like 50 bucks, just use that card as like the auto pay. Because, you know, every month it's going to be used. Mm -hmm. So, Vanessa, um, are there any final tips you want to give the audience to help them with your with their credit? Do you want to give a phone number or email? Sure. Um, if they want to call. That phone number is 704-AREA CODE, 690-4383. Once again, 704-690-4383. If you really are serious about building your credit, I would say set the goal before you make the call. Decide what you're setting that goal for. Is it for a car? Is it for a house? Or is it just to be in that good credit space? Second, I would say, order your free credit reports. Freeannualcreditreport.com. That is your best friend. Third, I will steal it from Ray. <laughs> Write down the needs and then wants and look how different your needs are. Mm -hmm. The list to your wants. If, if the wants are all the way up here and the needs are down here, you already know. Throw it away and start all over again because you're not ready. Right. So you got to be ready to fix the credit. Credit can't get fixed by itself. If you're ready, call me. 
So Vanessa, thanks again for coming on. We really enjoyed you schooling us on credit, schooling the audience on credit. I found out a lot of things that I did not know. So we appreciate you and we hope that you will come back again soon. Thank you for having me. If this is your first time joining, welcome to Vintage Dialogue Radio, and thank you for listening. And if you like what you've been hearing, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast so that you never miss a thing. What topics do you want to talk about in the future? I'm sure you have plenty of questions for my guests. So don't forget to drop a comment, ask a question, and leave a review. You never know, I could actually call upon you to be a special guest on my show. All of the information about this episode is in the description box, along with an email and links to my blog, website, and more. Thanks again for joining. Until next time.